That's one of the things I see a lot in businesses where you build a team up or the board is made up of, of me too people. Um, and there's no difference there. And therefore you don't get the richness of debate that you really need in a team to make it really come alive. Yeah, you know, there was a, a wonderful phrase that, that came up in our, our team meeting last last week, which was, you know, diversity of strength, but similarity of spirit, you know, which yeah. is you want those, that diversity of styles and, and strengths and thinking, mm-hmm. but, a, but a, a unity and a similarity of spirit. Yeah. And to me, that's what purpose does. You know, we may not have exactly the same purpose, but we, if we're on the same island, we're in the same arena, having the same vision of what we want to achieve, actually, that's where that uh, similarity of spirit can really bring people alive. In this conversation I'm having with Phil Rose, yes, there is another Phil Rose in the world, you might say, but we found out we really do both do the similar things. Phil runs Clarity Leadership. He's worked at Microsoft previously. He started life in a sales and marketing background, but actually realized his passion is around people and leadership. You hear that coming out when he talks about his words around inspiration. We talk about what principles guide leadership. And actually, ultimately, he shares his thoughts on what advice he would give an upcoming leader on how to become an even better leader. As always, listen out to what you might take from it. There's only so many nuggets that you get from Phil in this journey. I've met Phil a number of times. We've actually worked in the same hotel, in different rooms with different clients. But actually, it's really great to hear his voice and what he has to say about bringing leadership to life. His business, Clarity Leadership, helps do that for a number of organizations. And he's got a great team of people that really help bring this together. So he can share that and build that common ethos. Now, as I always say, I can't hold you to account for what you're doing in your leadership role. What I can do is help you listen, help you share, help you develop your knowledge. So who do you think you could share this podcast with, where they might get some benefit from it, where they might be able to share some knowledge? And ultimately, we can all help change the world because actually that's what that common purpose is, when we can all start working together to build something better in the future. Enjoy the show, share it with who you can, and let me know your thoughts. It's always good to find out what you think of it so we can build more of this. But more importantly, enjoy the conversation of Phil Rose and Phil Rose. Welcome back to the Sparks Bagnian podcast. I'm Phil Rose, the host, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Phil Rose. Yes, there are two of us in the world. Phil and I met through a passion for running. I say that because we might explore that in a bit to come. Uh, and what I want to do is today was to talk about some of the avenues that Phil's taken around leadership, what's brought him to where he is, and obviously, because with the Sparks Bagnian podcast, talking about purpose and how that brings your business to life and rekindles your passion for your business or reignites your fire. So, Phil, welcome to the Sparks Bagnian podcast. Thank you. Nice to see you, Phil. Yeah, nice to see you. It's going to be funny, isn't it? I, I always remember when I uh, bumped into you into a, in a room in a hotel, I think in Ascot. That's where I do. I do the same type of work as you do, in a sense. But, um, but Phil, you, you run your CEO and co-founder of Clarity. Yep. Tell us a bit about what Clarity is before we start in that case. So, so Clarity Leadership is a, a business I founded with my wife, well, nearly 15 years ago. Um, our, our mission in life is to develop leaders and teams who drive business performance for a better world. Um, uh, and, and there are three things that typically we do, yeah. which is leadership development programs, team development programs, and executive coaching. Perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's who Clarity are, yeah. and I love that leadership team and executive coaching because eventually, you know, the world needs that. And I wonder what was it that got you into this in the first place? Where did you come from to to get to where you were 15 years ago with the vision that you needed to form this business called Clarity? So I guess I'd, I'd go back and I in the early 90s <laughs> I joined Microsoft as a trainer 
in their tech support department in the UK. Okay. I think I was one of the first, if not the first, full-time trainer outside of the US that Microsoft recruited. Uh, and I, you know, I love delivering training programs. <laughs> and uh, uh, but at, but at Microsoft, I soon realised that if you wanted to get on, sales and marketing was the place to be. So after yeah. a couple of years of doing that, I I left to go into sales and marketing roles. Okay. I, I was at Microsoft for ten years. But the and I and I and I love Microsoft, still do. Mm. Um, uh, I've got a massive passion for the organisation uh, and and love working there. My my challenge was that I'm not particularly inspired by technology. Technology is not my back. So people are, but technology is not. So when you're yeah. working for a technology company, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's quite a challenge. So I I, I decided to leave because it, it is leadership and and, mm. and team development that really inspires me. So I decided to leave. But frankly, at that point, I didn't have the courage to start my own business. Okay. We'd also got a young family. Uh, you know, my wife was a full-time mum. And so we were dependent on my salary. So I, actually, we just, I, I felt like we needed some security. So I joined another training organization. Okay. With the intention of taking two years before I start my own business. Right. It took seven. <laughs> Always the case, isn't it? Yeah. So, so that then led you into to forming your own business seven years later, effectively. Yeah. It's interesting. You, you mentioned so now. You said about you know you still have a love for Microsoft, and it's interesting because I, I started a big company. I started Rolls Royce many years ago, and I often say to people, I loved working in Rolls Royce. And people say, Why did you leave? And it's really interesting hearing what you just said there that you know you had a passion for people and leadership, the company you loved, but it wasn't the passion for technology that was there. Yeah, no, so I, I didn't feel I could be a great sales rep if I wasn't actually interested in the technology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you said that, yeah, that was the that was the challenge. So I don't think I was performing at my very best yeah. towards the end because I just wasn't I wasn't passionate about enterprise technology. Yeah, and, and actually you do have to have that passion, don't you? You, you yeah. always say that a good salesman can sell anything, but you do have to have a passion for what you're selling. I think you can do it properly. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So tell me, so leadership and development uh, or leadership and team development in that case, was that what Clarity was founded around right at the beginning? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say we were most probably better known for our team development programs. Our team development program is, is called Unstoppable Teams. Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, and we've then not branched out, but we found that because that we because we work across a number of different industries and different sectors, um, uh, there was a an opportunity. We we created a, um, uh, a high potential leadership program. Okay. Um, uh, the way in which I describe it, it's like a one year mini MBA, uh, and we take uh, typically two people from some of the companies that we work with, which mm -hmm. are the likes of Microsoft, Vodafone, Pfizer, mm -hmm. Bayer, Nestle, BP, and others. Typically large corporations, but not always. Uh, and we have a maximum of sixteen people on that program each year. Okay. And they went and they went through a leadership program, which was focused on their leadership skills, their commercial skills, and their impact and gravitas. Yeah, and so true. from there, and we started that in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've kind of branched, and we now deliver a lot of leadership uh, development programs mm. for, for for larger organisations primarily. Uh, yes, typically, yes. Okay, okay. So, what is it in terms of that leadership development? What is it? Do you think? sparked your imagination and willingness to go into that realm you know having worked in a company like microsoft what was it led you down that route of leadership and team development i think well firstly i i would attend some of the programs or something similar to what we now deliver 
Um, and I would go, look, there's a, there's a lot of time being invested in this room. If you take a typical two-day off-site, yeah. if you've got 10, 12 people in the room, you've got 24 days' worth of time that's being invested in that, yeah. that, 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 um, that experience. And I often thought that, that there wasn't a great return mm. on that time invested. So I, I was, there was not, not in an arrogant way, I don't think, but there was a kind of thing where I go, do you know what? I think I could do this. And I think, frankly, I could most probably do a, a better job that would impact the business more. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was one of the drivers. And then the other driver, I think, is, and we've all experienced great leaders and, and not so great leaders that often will, people will talk about, you'll always remember your favorite teacher. Yeah. I, I think the, the same applies to leadership. Yeah. yeah. And you'll always remember your favorite leader. And I think it, a, a great leader's got that ability to get that discretionary effort. Yeah. Uh, and I and I don't think, you know, if you if you want to be a teacher, you've got to go through teacher training. If you want to be a leader, you don't go, you don't have to go through leadership training. Uh, and so I think there's a there's definitely um a need to help coach develop leaders to be uh, the best and inspire their teams. Yeah. And you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, I, I'm going to come back to you in a minute and ask you the obvious question. You're obviously the obvious favorite leader. So think about that for a second. Um, but in terms of that leadership development, teacher development, uh, I was with a company this morning and we were talking about um, is the owner of the business who's been running it for 25 years, is he a good leader or is he just passionate about his subject? And actually the, the conclusion is he's very passionate about his subject and he's never been a great leader in his own view. Yeah. And of course, the company's got to where it is now through hard work, but not necessarily great leadership. And I, you know, it comes back to that question, are, are great leaders born or are they or great leaders made through the time and people they work with? Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for that in terms of leadership can be developed. And a lot of people fall into it because they've reached the level in their organisation of their incompetence or whatever the words might be. Yeah, if, if I don't think great leadership can be developed, I'm in the wrong bloody business, frankly. So, you know, it, 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 I, absolutely. You know, have, have people got some natural skills? Yeah, of course they have. Yeah. Um, but 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 also it's it's like anything that you can develop that skill if you practice it and you're not going to get everything right. But you but that skill can be developed. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's around mindset and intent as much as anything else yeah. and if you yeah. can help the leaders focus on the importance of their role yeah um uh and the duty that, that, that they have to their teams then i think that's that's an important element yeah i think it's interesting isn't it that word duty actually and um uh, i always think about some of the work of ken blanchard with with servant leadership um in that terms of having a duty to your team yeah and I think there's a lot to be said for that. A lot of people, you know, we, we, we use that word servant leadership and you hear it around, but actually you are there to serve at some level as and to lead in the same same breath. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not easy. You know, it, it's not an easy thing to do. It can be a lonely place to be. Uh, and I think so just having those conversations about what's working, what's not, and how do you get even better, yeah. that's uh, that's a good place to be. Yeah, and I agree. So, so let's come back to that thing about favourite leaders. Um, I can think of a couple for me that have, from my past, but but if you think back to your time developing yourself to get where you are now, what who are the leaders that stand out for you that you've either worked for or know of that you would say, this is a person who's in, either inspired me or given me the incentive to do what I do today? So... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to embarrass him now, but so the, the leader, basically, I'm going to talk about the best boss I had was a guy called Chris Lewis. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I'm fortunate enough now that Chris is part of our our team, so he's one of the coaches at Clarity. Wow. Okay. Um, so he no longer works at, uh, but I've, you know, and I've, I've had this conversation with him with him before, uh, and, and 
and Chris inspired me because he set high standards. And yeah. so what, so yeah, I wouldn't, he, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't an easy boss in terms of, yeah. you know, you knew you had to be at your very best. So I like, I like leaders that set high standards and demand excellence, mm. but at the same time, they got a human touch. So, you, you know, so that there was, you know, we could have a laugh and a joke with Chris, but there was also yeah. a line that you couldn't cross, you know, that, yeah. Uh, and I and I really respected that. So there was mm. a there was a phrase that was used about him that would, people would call across broken glass for him. Uh, and and I and I kind of got into that in terms of yeah, I, he got discretionary effort out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because of who he was, what he stood for, and how he led uh, our team. Yeah. Well, wow. and I love to think about. Um, people crawl across broken glass for him because I think that says a lot about the individual and his leadership style and, and, yeah. uh, and combining that with setting high standards as well. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to let him down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure he most probably wouldn't have looked at it like that, but you kind of, I wanted to, to impress him because I, I admired him. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, and, and so you, you try and do your very best because he yeah. set high standards. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of Chris Lewis's out there who aren't recognized for their leadership uh, ability and while they're in the company and people say afterwards oh, that was a great boss and I think back to my days at Rolls Royce and I worked for two very good leaders uh, one of whom is now dead unfortunately many years later um, but he was a great leader and he really uh, pulled a team together when it needed to um, he set a vision he also had a sense of humor which you needed to have to work in the team we're in at the time because it was a tough environment yep. um, uh, and some of the other things I think he worked with he also pushed back and I think that was one of the things I saw him do, push back on, on demands that were met of the, or, or put placed on the team, which he felt were unreasonable. Yeah. He was still setting high standards, but he, but he was able to say, no, that's not appropriate. And I think some leaders um, need to do more of that, push back and, and, and give their view that hey, this isn't appropriate or this is appropriate. And that's what yep. this guy used to do for us. Um, so so I, I wanted to think about the word purpose as well. And you, we haven't used that word yet, but obviously this podcast is all around the world of purpose. And um I was talking to a prospective client recently and I said to him that before, before we agreed to do anything, I just want to check on what's your purpose in business. And he gave me his view. Um, so I want to touch base. Where does purpose sit in that world of leadership development for you? Well, I get, well let me, let me take a step back and because it's an important part. And I think it's one of the reasons what's led me to do what I do. Uh, I remember uh, being in Seattle uh, I was hosting, this is whilst I was at Microsoft, Phil. Mm. Um, I was hosting some clients at the, at the what we had as an executive briefing center out in Seattle. Um, and uh, and I was hosting some clients out there. Uh, and mm. uh, um, in the middle of the night, one night, now it could have been through jet lag, um, but, I, but I don't think it was. I, I kind of just woke up because I had been challenging myself. Am I doing what I really want to do? Mm. Uh, and it, it, it was one of those moments where the, the the light bulb went on and I thought, that's it. I know what my purpose is. And I and I and I scribbled and I'm not known for my writing ability. And I, I scribbled a load of notes about what my purpose was. And all yeah. of a sudden, everything became clearer about what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it. That wasn't a purpose about uh leadership. That was more about a purpose about how I wanted to lead my life. Yeah, okay. 
So, so then what that, that led me to do was, frankly, leave Microsoft. That was one of the catalysts to going, right, well, if I'm going to live a purpose-led a purpose life like this, mm -hmm. I'm not doing that in the role that I'm doing today. Okay. Um, so that was one of the reasons why uh, I, I, I left uh, and to fulfill the purpose that I'm, I, I'd like to think that I'm doing now. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think... You know, it, it, in terms of importance to me, I think it's everything yeah. um, be, because I, I, it, it <clears throat> helps me align. It gives me a freedom today to go, right, well, am I living my purpose? If I am, great. You know, and, and, and are the activities that I do on a daily, weekly, yearly basis, are they in line with my purpose? If they are fabulous, I'm a, yeah. I'm a happy, content, fulfilled yeah. purpose yeah. person. If, if they're not, then I need to change. And, yeah. and, uh, and I think that's why... Today, I do feel a very happy, mm. content, and fulfilled person. That's interesting. Um, so you don't need to do this, but are you willing to share what your purpose is? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it, it's it's to inspire people, particularly yeah. my friends and family. Okay. Through my enjoyment for life and worldwide experiences. Wow. Wow. Inspire people through friends and family through life and worldwide experiences. I love that. Um, you're going to laugh now. So I have a purpose, and my purpose is one word. Uh, I started working on purpose in 2010. I remember it specifically working with a lady called Suki in a cafe somewhere in Kensington High Street, it was, and she she worked on purpose. So I sat down with this there, and uh, uh, when she worked, I remember, remember bursting into tears at some stage in the conversation because it suddenly came to me what it was. Yeah. Um, and the purpose she came up with was the word to help. And I played with that word to help. And, and I, I felt tearful about it. I felt really emotional about it. Because I thought, that's what I need. That's what coaching's all about. But then it dawned on me that wasn't my real purpose. And I was off track because to help became too passive. Mm -hmm. and, and my purpose, I played with that word for a good few years after thinking what it was. And there were whole words that went, loads of words that went underneath it, which is what I love. You've got your sentence underneath. And, and then I was running the London Marathon one year uh, in fancy dress, which I started doing in 2016. Um, because I decided it was easy running a marathon, I needed to make it harder. Uh, and I was running the streets of London, and I saw kids on the side of the street. And it still makes me feel emotional now about it. And for me, what I realised is my purpose was to inspire. And, and I, I started playing with that word to inspire, because for me, I realised what I was doing was inspiring other people, inspiring other people to do things differently. So yeah. the bit for me about running the London Marathon, in fact, suggests was making people realise they could do this as well. If yeah, I, I, so clearly there's some similarities there, and and I and I think yeah, it's it's therefore you know my people's I will inspire people by role modelling what yeah we so it, so and you're doing the same right so yeah, yeah. Uh, and and my role modelling was was through my enjoyment of life. Yeah, I, love it. I don't take life that seriously. Um, you know, we're here for a short period of time, and I'm I'm. I'm here for a good time rather than yeah. necessarily a long time. Uh, uh, and, and worldwide experiences, you know, I think it's a wonderful, beautiful world out there. And, uh, and I want to take the biggest bite out of it as I possibly can. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know, the thing is, isn't it? I, um, I, I work with people around their, what, their vision. Uh, and one of the things I say to people is, like, you know, a lot of people talk about um, the, the model I use is five Fs. And I always add one extra on it. And that extra add is the word fun. Because my belief is you're not having, if you're not having fun, stop doing it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't use the same words as you, but I mean the same thing in that sense. You know, there's, there's a great sign out there that you've got to have fun. And I think from a leadership perspective, you need to bring that side of it into. That's what drives people's passion. If you haven't got that, you're not going to drive passion. 
yeah, well, I, I think passion is different for, for different people. I, I know I, I'm attracted to people who have got a glint in their eye that make me laugh, right? So that, okay. that, that works for me. I don't think that necessarily works for everyone, but certainly people who make me chuckle and who, who have got a cheeky <laughs> glint in their eye, it, it's, uh, it's definitely an attractive quality for me. Yeah, yeah. So, so here we go. The, the question is obviously to inspire sets the context of what you're doing in that case. Um, so, so through clarity and through your life, you've obviously gone out to make that happen. So think about your, your dream or your, your, your revelation you had when you were in Seattle. What happened to make that come alive? Because obviously that was a, a, a realization. You had to go and do something. What was, that, what was the thing that you did? What was the catalyst that made it happen? I'm, I'm not sure that there was one thing. I think there was, a, there was something which was, um, you know, what was I fulfilled in my role at, at, at Microsoft? No, not really. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, another, it's definitely a catalyst was becoming a father. Okay. Um, cause all of a sudden you've got this responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, but I felt my responsibility was, uh, I needed to sort of role model what I feel, what good looks like. And, and, and that is about enjoying life and taking everything the world's got to, to offer and experiencing that. Uh, and so I think that, you know, the, so I, I think it was about, am, am I having fun at work? Am I enjoying myself? Am I fulfilled? Am I being the best role model yeah. I could be? Yeah. Uh, and, and frankly, most probably the answers to those aren't, those questions were no. So I had to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because what I hear there, and I think I hear there's lots of people is, once you have that realisation, you have to then go and do something about it. But some people don't take action on it because they, they get set in the way, they, they stay in that company for life because that's what they've always done. But you took action and made something different happen. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so talking about clarity, um, you run leadership programs, executive development, team development, uh, from a coaching perspective, what are the biggest issues that people come to you with as a team that you're out there to resolve? I, I think there's three things typically that, that, that teams will, and leaders will sort of say where the, the, the team might change. One, one is around, you know, you, you, you ask um, a, a team about, are you all aligned behind the same vision and goal? Yeah. More often than not, most teams will say no. Yes. The, the leader will be disappointed in that answer. The leader will think that, well, you know, I've told them. Yeah. But the fact that the leader's told them doesn't mean that they're aligned. Uh, well, frankly, they, they understand it aligned. Normally, it's a PowerPoint of a load of words that they can't remember or yeah. they can remember a few. So yeah. that, that's that's one where you want something. So we, we talk about whether we talk about a vision or a mission or I really couldn't give a monkeys. It's about a compelling ambition that I want that team to achieve. Yeah, I, I look to try and sort of set a time parameter of sort of you know, depending on the business, but typically two to three years, and you kind of okay. go, right, this could be the best two to three years of your working career, right? So, yeah. right, let's let's pull something together that you'd be all really excited about achieving, you know, yeah. and uh, and and I think it's that setting a goal that's tantalisingly out of reach. It's that yeah. bit where you kind of go, right, let's make this exciting. If if you're not excited by it, well, frankly, go and find something that does yeah. excite you. Yeah, I love uh, that. So, so that's the first thing, um, or one of the things. The second one is the team dynamics. You know, you yeah. you know, very rarely in teams does one plus one equal three. Normally, one plus one in a team equals one and a half. Yeah, because there's infighting, there's dysfunction, yeah. there's this. You know, so 
Um, and, and that's why often, you know, some teams are more effective if they're working in silos because they can just go, right, well, I don't have to talk to those other to get on with it and i'll just get on with it yeah but yeah. actually if you get that the you know if you play to one another's strengths and you get that collaboration you can get the one plus one equals three yeah. but you've got to work at it and it's not a given and i think people take that for granted so it's yeah. it's looking at the ways of working the team principles the dynamics but that's frank you know it's the culture of the team yeah, yeah. ultimately it's and um and then lastly is the strategy right so if you've got have you got a clear strategy and a plan in place to to execute that strategy and it's about holding the team's feet to the fire on that. Yeah, That's yeah. you know because a lot of people go well. We you know we come up with actions, but we then don't we don't review them. We don't follow through on them. There's not that you know. So it's that bit about setting high standards. Yeah, and frankly, yeah. we're there to have those tough conversations in the room, call the yeah, behaviors yeah. that we think aren't, um, you know, which some people frankly are nervous to. If they're in yeah. the team, they're nervous to do it. Yeah. Um, and so so that's, you know, they're, they're the things I think that we're, we're typically asked to do. It's around, um, you know, commitment and uh, alignment and commitment to a, a compelling ambition, yeah. team dynamics, the culture, and helping the team hold their feet to the fire on delivering against the strategy and plan. Yeah. I love that. And, and the words you said there, you know, alignment and commitment. I think, you know, we, we everyone would be nodding their head hearing that. And I, But I think it's true, isn't it? If you can get alignment and commitment, it gives you that clarity. And you know, I look at the name of your company, you know, clarity. It's about getting that clarity. And it comes from that alignment and commitment. Once you're aligned to it, life's easy. It's clear. You know where yeah. to get. But the, the next week you said there is about holding people to account because people come to each each period of time and, and, you know, they haven't done it for one reason or another. And it's it's just excuses, and it's normally excuses. I'm too busy, I haven't had time. But actually, there's often something else that sits behind that, and that's the bit you said there about um, sometimes people are afraid to say it in the team environment, or whatever, for one or another reason. Yeah, and and, and I and I struggle with the I'm too busy concept. You know, we we've all got choices. We all yeah. we all choose how we invest our time. Yeah. So you know, if I'm if <laughs> if I really want to hold people's feet to the fire, then then they've chosen not to do that. They've chosen to do something else. Yeah. So, yeah. so then, then share that. Don't say you're too busy. Share the fact that you've chosen something else that you thought was more important than this, yeah. and have that conversation. And that's the kind of conversation you need to be having in the team. Yeah, and you know, this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because one thing I've seen over the last five to ten years, in fact, more than that, but you know, it's, it becomes rele relevant now. Um, and, and I think the word that's put around is psychological safety. People yeah. don't feel they're able to say what's really going on for them, for for fear that it's being. Could be used against them or would hold them back in different ways but i think a lot of companies are going out of their way to do it but i wonder what's your thoughts around that first of all the word psychological safety but also you know the the, the mechanism of achieving it so, so so for me that that's you know psychological safety has become um a, a, a phrase a word that's being used based on the the, the work that google did on project aristotle yeah. on, on how do you make a, a you know a high performing team yes um Prior to that, you know, and a, and a model that we are fans of uh, clarity is the five dysfunctions of a team, which is Patrick Lencioni's, right? Yep, yep. So, so for me, it, it um, trust is at the bottom of that triangle in, in Lencioni's model. Psychological mm. safety is, is an aspect of Aristotle's model or Google's Aristotle's model. Yeah. For me, it's, it's very much six of one, half a dozen of the other. They're, 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 they're the, 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 pretty much the same things yeah so yeah. i i think if you can create that level of trust and psychological safety in the room absolutely i think it's really important yeah and 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 so the leaders so it's the leader's responsibility to create that environment by creating in themselves a degree of 
vulnerability, humility, yeah, um, that 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 uh, that they allow others to feel the same. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, and allowing others to feel the same, it's, it's very easy for a leader to say, yes, tell me everything that's going on. But actually, they've got to be out there in the first place and say, this is what's going on, guys. Yeah, we're, we're in it together. Let's work it, together. It's, it's modeled the way. Right? They, they've got to lead by example on that. But also, mm. if and when that, you know, someone does call something, how, how the leader then and other people in the team respond to that is critical. So, yeah. uh, you know, so it, as, because they might say one thing, but actually when it happens, they might 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 do another. So it's really important that they they uh, role model what they're talking about yeah. when when those things are shared. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because just now you said about accountability and commitment. And I think that's it. If you think about Lencioni's model, going from trust through conflict to that accountability and the commitment piece yeah. that sits in the middle of that, because you only get it when people are willing to, to, to disagree and commit because they're willing to have a conversation and it helps them move forward. Yeah. So, so this might not be the path you want to go, but this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's really easy to say these things, but actually to get a team to work on it is quite hard. And I I, I always come back to um to Jim Collins at this stage. Yep. When he talk in good to great, and he talks about you need the right people on the right in the right seats on the bus. Yeah. And at some stage, you might need to get some people off the bus. Yeah, and often I think when you yeah <laughs> yes, uh, uh, my experience working with leaders that they you 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 can tell sometimes when people aren't on the bus. We we will we will have that conversation. We will give the leader our view of that. Yeah. And typically, our experience is the quicker the leader makes that call, the better. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because um, often the leaders, the good leaders, are willing to have those conversations, but the bad leaders are the ones who keep the team alive or keep people in the team because it's it's, it's a bum on the seat and they don't want to get rid of somebody. But sometimes they need to have the uh, uh, the ability to have that candid conversation yep it's 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 yeah it's the courage to have those tough conversations and 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 that's not easy again leadership is not an easy place to be yeah and that's why leaders get paid the big bucks they do and and it's interesting actually because when you were talking about um your favorite leader earlier you said there about you know people someone who holds you to account yeah and and i think there's a big thing there around you know that that leader's responsibility is you know if we want to help the team move forward it might be in your best interest if you step off the team because you're not right here, but you could do really well over there doing something else. But we need to have those open conversations sometimes. Absolutely. Um, so, so the other thought, just question that comes to my mind here is, um, uh, talking about Google, actually, it came to mind Kim, Kim, Kim Scott's book, Radical Candor. Yep. Um, and I often come across leaders who, uh, the good ones know how to do it, but the bad ones or the, the, the junior ones aren't able to have those candid conversations. And, and of course, it's in that conflict piece in Lencioni's model where we can call people out on things and also give people feedback in the moment. What's your thoughts on that around, you know, the ability of people to give candid feedback in the, in, at the right moment to help people progress forwards? I, I, think it's, I think it's vital. If you think of, you know, the, the, often when you're doing analogies of teams, it, um, often sports teams come to mind oh, and you, yeah. you, you know if you think of a whatever team it might be but it, i'm going to use football and rugby as examples you kind of go look if you feel like someone's not pulling their weight or not playing particularly well i kind of think players would give radical candor 
in the dressing room at half time, yeah, yeah. in the dressing room at the end of the game, or even on the pitch. Yeah. Um, and and typically they're they're young players. Mm-hmm. Now I've also got a belief that leadership is everyone's business. It's not just the 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 captain, if you like. Yeah. If I'm yeah. using that sports analogy. So you know, if I think about a, a business team, leadership is everyone's business in the team. It, we were all responsible for leading effectively. And so I think that ability to give radical candor is mm-hmm. vital. However, and there is a however to it, you have got to have built the trust, the psychological safety in the room, because if you haven't built that, there could be casualties of the radical yeah. candor. Yeah. And, and, and we don't want that. So, you know, I, I, I you know, in, in Lencioni's money, he talks about conflict. I don't like the word conflict necessarily yeah yeah i agree because conflict to me means there's there's um there's a victim uh, yeah, that okay. might just be my view of it right but yeah, yeah. um i I'd, I'd prefer to maybe use a slightly softer word like challenge but you still want that that ability to call one another on stuff on behaviors yeah that, that aren't good enough for this team yeah and it's interesting is it because that word challenge i think is a much softer term but it actually evokes the the real um meaning behind it it's able to have healthy challenge and have healthy debate without fear that your your it's retribution that's going to come from it yeah. like challenge you on your thinking doesn't mean i'm right or you're wrong it's just i'm able to have that conversation yeah openly um yeah. It, it's interesting you talked about uh, you know you used the word rugby so, yeah, last weekend south africa new zealand um i often come back to the to, to the book legacy um yeah. think about some of those things and you know and and Whichever team won on Saturday, they both did really well. But I think when you think about New Zealand, we often talk about what, what Kerr said in his book about legacy and that, that thing about, you know, everyone's in it together. We all sweep the changing rooms together. Um, the different policies they had running to make sure the team came together. And I think there is a lot to be said from sport and building that culture from ground up. And, and we often come back to sports teams because that's a passion for me. Um, but you need to have that culture in place if you want to win somebody's got to draw up the guidelines of how we run this business, this team, to make it the best team we can be. Yeah, you know, and if you're thinking about the All Blacks, they've got 15 team principles that they you know, talk about. Mm. I, I think 15 is too many, but I'm, I'm not going to tell an All Black that because they're bigger than me. <laughs> um, uh, and number one is, is, is sweep the sheds. You know, yeah. uh, number six is my one of my favourites, which is no dickheads. No dickheads, yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's that... It, and, and I use that as an example with teams because I like the fact that it's not corporate language, you know, and, and I, I'm encouraging teams to you to use language that will mean something for them. Mm. And, and I genuinely believe the culture of the team will be their secret source. You know, we've all heard the phrase culture will eat strategy for breakfast. And it's true. You can have the best strategy in the world. Yeah. Um, but if you've got dysfunctional culture, you're not going to be able to execute that strategy mm. effectively. Yeah. So if you've got a great culture. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, delivering results because there are no guarantees, mm. um, as you can see in every sports game, right? And it will be the same in business. There are no guarantees. But if you are putting the right things in place, yeah. you are increasing your probability of high performance. Yeah, I think that's true, actually. And, and it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I, I often use, use the legacy book, but also um, culture code from many years ago you know, about building culture from ground up and looking at things there. Uh, and one of the companies I worked with in about 2016, they built their own culture code. Um, and Lee, who now runs another business very successfully, he took that no dickhead policy as one of his views. You know, how do we get everyone, people, everybody on the bus that we want to work with? How do we build a team around the right people? 
but he also wanted to make sure he had people in that team who would challenge him because he realized that actually sometimes um, when you were building a team, if you built a team of people just like me, actually you didn't have that challenge there. So he went out of his way to find different people with different skills and different opinions. And I think that's one of the things I see a lot in businesses where you build a team up or the board is made up of, of me too people. Um, and there's no difference there. And therefore you don't get the richness of debate that you really need in a team to make it really come alive. Yeah, you know, there was a, a wonderful phrase that, that came up in our, our team meeting last, last week, which was, you know, diversity of strength, but similarity of spirit. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it really stuck with all of us. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, we loved it, you know, which yeah. is you want those, that diversity of styles and, and strengths and thinking, mm -hmm. but, a, but a, a unity and a similarity of spirit. Yeah. And to me, that's what purpose does. I think purpose, you know, we may not have exactly the same purpose, but we, if we're on the same guideline, we're in the same arena, having the same vision of what we want to achieve, actually, that's where that diversity of spirit can really come alive, uh, similarity of spirit, shall I say, can really bring people alive. Yeah. That's yeah. a great thing there. So, so thinking about your, your journey over the last, um, you say, 2012, setting up Clarity, um, so you've been on this journey for, for 15 years or so. Um, yeah, 2009, we set up Clarity. 2009, okay, okay. Um, if you could go back to the beginning and, and do things differently, is there anything you would change? What, to the start of Clarity? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really happy with, with where the business is and what we're yeah. doing, um, our, our, our brand and reputation in the marketplace. You know, does it mean that everything, everything's perfect? No. Yeah. Um, it... it, it but I'm not sure what I would do differently, uh, Phil. Mm. No, it, it, it's a good question. You can clearly see it's got me thinking. Yeah, um, uh, yeah don't know. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, but I'm certainly very happy with 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 where I, you know. And I'm not. I'm certainly not saying it's perfect. There's lots. There's lots of things I'm wanting to do differently now, and, and we've got those in place. But but I but I but I also think you learn from you know as you go. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with where we're at, with where we're at, and I'm happy with where we're going. Yeah, I think, and, and actually, there's lots to be said for that, isn't it? Because it's it's a tough call building your own business. Um, you know, you came from a from a corporate. I came from a corporate, and and in a corporate, you you don't see all the uh, the hard work that goes on behind the scenes as the founder of the business. It's only when you step into the founder's shoes you realize what it's like running a business from from ground up, effectively. Um, but I always ask that question: you know, What would you do differently? Um, and, and then the question that often comes on the back of that is around, you know, going back to your, to your younger self and giving yourself some advice. Um, so I wonder what that would be. What's the advice you would give the younger Phil Rose? I, I, I think it would most probably be, be take, take a bit more risk. I feel like I was quite conservative in my career early days. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I do think there's a massive aspect in leadership and risk taking and the ability to you know manage risk and what level of risk yeah. and i think um it would most probably be more daring yeah i love that be more daring that's interesting um i was listening to an interview recently with somebody and i don't know the name but she was a a top class poker player and one of the reasons she said she went into it is because she thought, for, for one, poker playing was a man's game, so she wanted to break into that world. Um, but when she was asked a similar question, she said, look, about risk, she said, I now view po poker was about me understanding risk. Yeah. And now I've played poker to a top level. I don't see 
anything but risk, but I look at how to manage it and then I look at what the outcome would be and then I put act actions in place to manage my risks. Yeah. And I thought that's an interesting thing. I, I, and I think there's a massive correlation, not necessarily in poker, but for, for, with leadership. But maybe there is. I, I haven't thought about that analogy with yeah. poker and leadership. I'm not, not sure we want to get into that debate of potentially gambling, but it's like, but it, but it is about managing risk. Yeah, it is. Leadership and risk are, are, are hand in hand. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, actually, because I am. Um, I used to work at Rolls Royce, and one of the projects I worked on, uh, I worked with, a, with an exceptional risk manager. A lot of people would say he was quite dull, but actually, what he was was calculating and very deep thinking. Yeah. So he was a very steady person in that sense. When I say dull, but what this guy used to do was basically look at all the risks that what what could happen, and then look at all the mitigating actions we need to put in place to minimise our risk yeah, and yeah. look and maximising the upside. And I think from an aerospace point of view, that was one of the key things he worked on. And I think yeah. you're right from a leadership point of view, especially running the business and putting strategies in place, there is risk inherent in everything you do. Yeah, and I, and I, I, yeah, there is. And I think there's also that that piece on the flip side. It's like, well, if you can imagine that this is going to go well, would you do it? And, you know, obviously the answer to that is yes. So it's like, well, then have a go. Right. So because there's no guarantees whether it will go well or not. But yeah. You yeah, know, but if you can imagine that, you know, if, if you could predict that you would be successful, would you do it? You know, the answer to that is going to be yes. So, so therefore, just have a go. Yeah. You might be successful, you might not, but you'll yeah. you'll you'll learn loads in the process. Yeah, and, and actually, I think there's obviously a lot to be said for that in terms of that entrepreneurial uh, vision. Learn loads in the process because then you can always take that learning to the next piece of yeah. the life. What yeah. do you do with it? How do you how do you make the next decision? Um, and I think that's when you know when you ask me, would I do anything differently? I, I think that's why I struggled because even the things that didn't go well or or when you 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 I learned from them and therefore you potentially you got you stronger, you did things differently, you know, and you know uh, when, when the pandemic hit, I hated it, you know, for yeah. a month. It, I really did. I didn't enjoy my job for the first time in ages. But wow. then I kind of learned from it and I thought, right, th this is th let's reframe it as an opportunity. And all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you've reframed your business and you uh, and and you know, consequently, post post pandemic, we, you know, we've seen great growth. Yeah, and, and so I I think that's why I struggled, which because anything that didn't go well, I learned from it, and so therefore I looked at that as a good thing. Yeah, but and it's interesting because what I hear is a, is that growth mindset. You know, at the end of the day, looking at it from a well, you know, you could sit and wallow in the fact you didn't enjoy your job for a while, but actually then you looked at it from a different perspective and say, I hear almost the word, you know, what can I do differently? And it's that growth mindset to move itself forwards is needed. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I looked, yeah, I looked at it almost as a challenge, and 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 I and I certainly was a, uh, I went through the victim sort of cycle. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, and all the things where I didn't recognise it, and mm. you know, blah blah. But 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 I got myself out of it, and as a result, um, uh, yeah, we're in a we're in a strong position. Yeah, I think that's amazing actually, and and it's interesting actually. I think a lot of people in the pandemic went through that victim mindset piece at the beginning as well. What not a lot of people did was did the next step, which was look at how do you flip that round and come up with the other side. Look at you know how to pivot your business or or change your mindset to come out with what do we need to do differently. Yeah, um, and I and I and I that that came from me by you know I, I, I had the opportunity the, you know one of the the, the 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 beauties of the pandemic was nobody was traveling so there's you know got lots of good good mates that senior roles in, in in corporates and all of a sudden I could go and meet them on a you know mountain bike early in the morning and we could go out for a pedal 
um, and and chat about stuff. And yeah. and so it was those kind of conversations that firstly kept me sane, but that you know that really started to ignite some sparks in you know what's possible. Yeah, that's interesting. And it sounds like it's going great guns since then. So that's always a it, the the the, uh, the the conversations on the mountain bike led to a lot of good things. It, yeah, it is going great now. But you never you know you never rest on your laurels. And and uh, and you know I'm not necessarily driven by the numbers, but you want the business to grow because if it doesn't, if you're not trying intending it to grow, it, it it's inevitably going to go backwards. Yeah, flatlining eventually. Um, so this this has been a wonderful conversation, just in terms of just learning about your 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 history, the the ethos, and I love the fact you know at the end of the day there's a commonality of purpose. Now that word inspire, um, we've talked a bit about you know teams and engagement and leadership. I, I wonder what's the the final question I've got is what's the bit of advice you would give an an upcoming leader or someone's making that transition into leadership now? What advice would you give them to help them on that journey of where they want to go to next? I. I, I... I, I think it's around authenticity and, and be be clear on who you are and what you stand for and what's important to you. Don't don't yeah. lead in the way in which you've been led, um, because that that would have worked for that person. It might not work for you. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's so. Therefore, it, it's about you know be be clear on what's important to you, uh, and make sure you lead that way, yeah. and so that yeah. you're leading um uh in the most authentic way possible yeah i think it's really powerful isn't it because we hear that word authenticity a lot but actually what you're saying there is leading your way the way that yeah way that yeah, works uh, 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 yeah yeah leading the way in which you want to lead not in the way in which you've been led yeah. because the way in which you've been led would might have worked for some other person but yeah. it might not work for you yeah uh, I think. and so so lead, lead in your own style yeah, I love that. And uh, I, and I think a lot of people can learn from that, actually, where they've tried to do something differently and they they struggle because they're not playing it in the same way. They haven't got the same characteristics as that other person. They've not learned yeah. it in the same way. Um, so, Phil Rose, thank you. It's been a, been a wonderful conversation. I've enjoyed mm -hmm. it. Um, how would people find you if they want to go and look up Phil Rose Clarity Leadership as opposed to Phil Rose Ignium? How would they find Phil Rose? Yeah, well, so for, it's, it's clarityleadership.co.uk um uh, and you know and i and, and like you phil i've already also got a podcast yes um uh so look i've really enjoyed it thank you um uh but yeah clarityleadership.co.uk wonderful thank you well look, it's been a pleasure to talk to you i wish you well i hope to meet you one day again and uh final question are you still running you said you're mountain biking still running uh, yeah look, um, uh, so I, I i try and do one run one cycle one swim and one kayak a week that's that that's that now does that happen no not always um um but but so i, I like the uh, i like the variety so yeah. I, I wouldn't call it running uh, i would call it more <laughs> of a plod at the moment i i seem to uh carrying an extra few kilos pick up some injuries but but no i, li I like to I, I still like to run i run with i run with the dog i plod Lovely. with the dog um uh and uh cycle swim and, and kayak yeah. yeah and i love the fact you're bringing the kayak in there as well that's very different it's something i don't do and haven't done for many years but that sounds uh well uh, living nice by the river here and and uh you know it's it's great it's just a great way to experience something very very different yeah um and, and see the world in a you know and, and, and the river in a different different yeah. light I think I love that. Actually, you know, I, I do a lot of swimming in the river, and of course, in the river swimming, you don't really see the river. You just see. No, the you don't. You don't see a lot when, uh, when you're that when you're that down. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you on and, and obviously, what's exploded 
has been paddle boarding, you know, and, and you get an even better view on a paddle board than what you do a kayak. Yeah, 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 very true, actually. Yeah, that's a, another thing for uh, for next next summer to pick up on. So, anyway, yeah. Phil, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Really enjoyed Thank it. You. And uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah, cheers, Phil. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I've enjoyed recording it. This is just one of the great conversations I've had the privilege of being part of since I started recording the Sparks Baconian podcast. So please go back and listen to some of the others. There's some great content in there, some great contributors. And also, while you're at it, please leave a review of this show with your comments because that helps other people like you find this content. And we want to bring about the change that we really know matters to people. It helps us grow. And also, think about what actions you want to take, because there's no point just listening passively. We want you to pick it up and do something with it. So what are the three key things you want to do? I can't hold you accountable, but if you want to, drop me a note, phil at igniumconsult.com. We're always keen to listen to what you have to say, and actually introduce guests to us that you think will bring relevance to other people. We wish you well. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Give us a review. Thank you.